Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time, the weekend of November 3rd, 2019. And today I am joined by a very special guest, Tammy. Tammy, how are you? Oh, I'm so great today. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Oh, I'm just so excited to share this time with you and your listeners and, you know, just to kind of delve into what God has in store for us this week. Amen. So, yeah, let's do it. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your your life with Jesus? What's that looking like? Oh, man. So, um, well, I am a homeschooling mom of five. I have been married for 19 years this coming summer. <gasps> Congratulations. That's yes. amazing. Thank you. I, um, I met my husband at Franciscan University up in Steubenville, Ohio, and yes. have so many beautiful gifts have come to me through that school. Um, two of my brothers end up falling in suit and going to Franciscan as well. And so now I recently started, actually a couple of years ago, I started uh, blogging about parenting and being a homeschooling mom. And within the past year, I would say, the Lord has really challenged me to um And the way that he described it to me, to just gather people to his banquet table. And that was a mission that he placed on my heart actually right after a homily in church. He just kind of silenced me and said, um, you know, I had been been struggling with the prodigal son with that reading. Mm. And I just never understood. I, I never was a prodigal son, really. Um, but I didn't really want to step into the arrogant, um, older brother role either. (laughs) So I was like, Lord, what, who am I in this? And it was during that time that he said, you know, you are the older brother. And I kind of felt a little crushed, but the Lord in his goodness always explains things to me really quickly. So it was like 30 seconds after that, that the Lord just said, you have always dined with me. Like you have always been at my banquet table. And he just gave me a different perspective. Not mm. so much as you're the arrogant one who doesn't want to welcome the prodigal brother, but from the perspective of you have always been given blessings. Mm. And your love for me should so thrust you to want to gather people. Like you should be part of them running out to meet the prodigal son. And at that moment, I've never been so mission-based. I've never felt like a real mission call. And uh, that was this past fall, or last fall, last year. And I, all of a sudden, it was like, okay, that changes everything. It changed the way my Instagram was flowing. It changed the way my Facebook was going. It changed my everyday life. It changed the way I talked to my children. It changed the way that I met people in the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, just everything started to flow from this this place of... You're right, Lord. I've always, I've always been loved by you. 
I've always yeah. felt that I've always lived in that and, and kind of this notion of like, I need to not be selfish with it anymore. I need other people to desire this mm-hmm. and how can I love them in a way that this is what they seek. Yeah. So that's where we are, you know, just, I just keep trying to gather some people to come and have a seat. <laughs> yeah. That's And, and like, I see that with you just like within your own home as well. Like it's so clear that you like keep Christ at the center of your, of your family. And I, I love that. Like as someone that's engaged in like, you know, not even in that stage of my life yet. Like it's so nice to have people like you to look at and be like, that's what I need to do. Like your mission starts in your home. Absolutely. And I think that the blessings, I think sometimes the graces that the Lord bestows upon us as married people and also as, as parents, sometimes we don't always tap into those. Like I always say, I wish grace was visible. Like how much better would it be if grace was visible and you could see, you know, at a baptism, oh, look at how much grace she just got, you know, like how much more would we look to receive more graces if we were standing in line at confession and we watched somebody walk away with a bundle of grace, you know, how much like bigger would our lines be, you know, how much, how many more people would be standing in line at, you know, for, um, during the Eucharist at mass, how many people would attend daily mass if they could visibly see the grace that was given to them. But as, as much as my mind goes there, my mind also goes to, but that's part of faith. Part of faith is not seeing the grace but being able to live in it and feel it and say, Lord, I know there's grace here. Like, help me, help me see the invisible, you know, help me kind of tap into that. And I feel like the more our family has tried to like live in that grace, the more um, natural the virtues come. I think that's probably the best way to put it. You start realizing the Lord's like fixing areas of your family, um, just through his grace. It's kind of hard to pinpoint, but you know, for us, it's looked like less anger, less rash judgment, less, you know, more dialogue, more communication, you know, more, how can I serve you versus how can I be served? Yep. So yeah. Yeah. God's good. He never stops fighting for us. Right. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Okay, well, shall we dive into these readings? Let's do it. Okay, so Tammy's going to read the first reading. This is from Wisdom, chapter 11, verses 22, through chapter 12, verse 2. Before the Lord, the whole universe is as a grain from a balance, or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. But you have mercy on all, because you can do all things. And you overlook people's sins that they may repent. For you love all things that are and loathe nothing that you have made. For what you hated, you would not have fashioned. And how could a thing remain unless you willed it or be preserved had it not been called forth by you? But you spare all things because you because they are yours. O Lord and lover of souls. For your imperishable spirit is in all things. Therefore, you rebuke offenders little by little. Warn them and remind them of the sins they are committing, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. That reading is amazing. (laughs) 
gorgeous. I mean, how gentle is our God? Like, that's what I, that's what I hear when I see that. Like, you know, you rebuke offenders little by little. Right. You know, it's sort of like, he's not the hammer to the head kind of God. You know, he's sort of like, let's look at this. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. Right. Like this, it's the, it's the father. It's the tender love of, of a father and that he create like it says he creates he doesn't create anything bad everything he creates is good and so what kind of father would he be if he was yeah like you said like smashing us on the head like with our sins like he wants to teach us and that's what I love about um confession like you mentioned I love confession because that's that's a teaching moment, you know what I mean? When you walk into a confessional and, a, and God speaks through the priest and gives you like really good advice, the Lord is teaching us through that little by little. Yeah. Yes. But then on the other hand, it's like, you know, how many of us don't understand that? Like how many of us don't understand that love of the father because of maybe lies that were spoken over us? You know, where people attested to, you know, no, no, this is who you are. You know, you are a hateful child, you know, or, or you are, um, a person who's selfish or you are, and people kind of live, push these lies over us and we start to live in them. And then we say, how can a God who created me feel this way about me? Mm. And we can't get past the lies that have been put over us. Yep. And we need, like, we need that Lord to come through and also rebuke those lies, you know, and start to say, I didn't create you selfish. You know, I didn't create this. This is not who you are. Don't take on this. Don't take on your vices. You know what I mean? And make them who you are. You're so much more than that. And let's, let's work through these little vices that have created this lie over your life, right. you know, you were created for goodness. You were created because ultimately when I look at you, I, I see love. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a life that's so different. Um, when I was on that retreat this weekend, they were talking about this one line from, uh, I believe it's Pope Benedict. And it said, um, people who live in hope live differently. Yeah. And that kind of just really resonated with me. You know, people who live in the love of the Father live differently. They live, they wake up every morning feeling loved and created from love. And that kind of, that kind of can suppress a lot of negative thoughts. Yeah. You know, when that's on the forefront of your mind. Um, And I think I love the part where we talk about mercy, but you have mercy on all because you can do all things. You know, the Lord isn't limited in how he dispenses his mercy. Yep. We might choose where we don't want him to be merciful in someone else's life, you know, or somebody who we want justice for or from, but he has mercy for everyone. Yep. And we have to be able to be willing, even in our own friendships, to see the Lord's mercy. Yeah. And to kind of act in that. Which can be the hardest place, like, that's the hardest places for that to go, you know, sometimes. I think we're so, I'm or maybe, maybe it's just me, but I think I'm quick to forgive people that I'm not as close to. You know what I mean? Where I, like, Absolutely. I love to hold those grudges against the people that I'm closest to because that wound, you know, feels so personal. But then Christ comes in there and goes like, nope. 
there's mercy for them too. Like this, right. this well of mercy is there's no bottom to it. There's even though my mercy definitely has a bottom. I'm like, nope, that's it. <laughs> you you cross the limit. You know what I mean? But um, that's so true. But there's, a, but I think that we also have to talk about those levels of friendship. You know, there's people Absolutely. that we have in our inner circle and a wound from a person in your inner circle hurts so much more than acquaintance. Yeah. You know, it's so much easier to say to an acquaintance, like, oh, that's okay. I know you wouldn't have, you know, you didn't mean to hurt me or whatever. But that person that's been with you through thick and thin, you know, one, one mean thing just can feel like a double-edged sword. Yep. You know, and like you said, that's what makes it tougher because we have allowed them into this inner sanctum mm -hmm. of people who we don't expect to hurt us. Yep. And so I think the wound can be harder, but also the joy is greater. So right. it all kind of evens out, you know, like the right. joy of that person's friendship. I don't know. But then, yeah. Yeah, that's how it, I mean, that's how it is with us and Christ. You know what I mean? Christ brings us into this the inner sanctum of his heart, you know what I mean? Through the Eucharist. And then we hurt him with our sin. Right. You know what I mean? Like so deeply, but it's not like he cuts us out because of that. And the, the comeback from that, like the acceptance of mercy, like you're saying is so much greater in that, you know, in that Christ lets us into that deepest, the, the deepest part, you know, the wounds in his side. And, and in his hands. But how hard is that for us when someone starts to bring up our relationship with Christ and the parallels between our friendships? And we're like, well, we don't have to go there. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't, don't take me into my relationship with Jesus and how I've disappointed him and how I've wounded him. And, you know, that's just that's just too deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Anything else with this one that you want to? No, we're yeah. good. Fabulous. Okay. So the second reading this week is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 through chapter 2, verse 2. Brothers and sisters, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose and every effort of faith that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him in accord with the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. We ask you, brothers and sisters, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our assembling with him, not to be shaken out of your minds suddenly or to be alarmed, either by a spirit or by an oral statement or by a letter allegedly from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is at hand. Anything stick out to you with that one? Well, you know, this is this is something that I have really been, um, I wouldn't use the word struggling with, but I feel like the Lord's provided a lot of clarity with me on this, this one line that you read that says, um, that our God may make you worthy of his calling mm. and, and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose. So I've, I've, um, I work with teens. I do a lot of work with, um, through my homeschooling group, I work with teens. I um, have helped with some retreats. And one of the biggest things I see here is this idea of doing God's will. And we make it this really big, vast, hard thing, almost like it's this solid white line that you have to walk, that God has just predestined something for your life. Mm. And if you waver to the left or the right, he'll just yank you back on it. Yeah. And that has been something I feel like as I've grown in like spiritual maturity, like I feel like the Lord has said to me, I'm not that rigid. 
Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's not what this is about. And I feel like he's called me personally into it and said, Tammy, I love you. I want you to be happy, but I want to walk in relationship with you. So when you, you know, when you're being, when you're mothering, I want to be there with you. I want to be whispering in your ear what's going to bring fruit in your children. You know, when you're, um, you know, cantering in church, like I want to be in relationship with you. You know, I want to, I want you to sing and I want to speak life over people who you're cantering to. Mm. You know, he, I'm not going to call you to be, um, you know, a nurse and then you pick being a teacher and then it just wrecks my plans. Right. You know, it's just not that, it's not that rigid and it's not that, um, he wants more freedom for us. And I think sometimes we fear freedom yes. because we're like, what if I mess up? And the Lord's like, what if you hold my hand? Like, yeah. what if we do this together and I can bring out so much joy in you living the life that you desire, a life that's in relationship with me, but it awakens the desires of your heart. You know, how many kids do we have that when you mention like a vocation, like they cringe and they feel like maybe God's calling to me to this. And there's this dread of like, you know, God, maybe God's going to make me a brother. You can't talk to one religious person and, and feel that from them. Yep. You know, they, they live a joy in their vocation because when they decided that this was their vocation, like they became alive. And I feel like that's what God wants for us. Like he wants us alive. You know, he's not going to put this desire on your heart to just bake goodness and then tell you, you can't bake anymore in your life. You know, it's like something as simple as that. The Lord's going to like feed that. Like you're going to become, you know, a person who you're just hospitality. You know, he's going to minister others through like your baking and the way that you bring joy and you spread joy through food. And, you know, I feel like the Lord wants to bring alive whatever our vocation is and walking with him will not stunt that. It will only make us feel more ourselves. Yeah. So when I read that, that's kind of what my heart says, like, oh, pursue goodness, you know, pursue what your heart desires, but just do it in relationship for the, the Lord. So if you start to veer, he can say, yes, my child, but this way, right? You know, this is how you're going to be able to do whatever it is I've called you to, whether it even is something as simple as, you know, a, a podcast, you know, um, a, a one specific podcast, he will walk you through that podcast, you know, one specific retreat. He will guide that entire retreat and he will yep. make that retreat more than you could have done yourself. And I think that's what we have to think about. Not this vast, I'm supposed to solve the puzzle mm. of my vocation or of my life, but I'm supposed to walk and he'll walk with me. Yes. Yeah. Right. Does yep. that make sense? Yes. I a hundred percent agree with you. Like the as the further and I get into my life, I so agree with you about the, the, the lack of, maybe not lack of, but like the, that God's plan is not this rigid thing. Like the desires of your heart are good and God can bring goodness through all of that. Like I said, like earlier last month, um, I started talking to my students about St. Therese because we do the novena together. And then we watched the movie about her life. And the other day, one of my students raised her hand and we were talking about something completely irrelevant. And she goes, I have a question. What if 
what if a nun does it like ignores God call God's calling? Like what if a nun God's calling someone to be a nun, but then she doesn't answer. And I, and I was like, then that's, then God will bring glory through Mm -hmm. whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like, yes, I think God might have an ideal plan, but he's got a billion backup plans based on what we choose freely. Like we have this gift of free will and, and yes, I think God has, you know, our, maybe this perfect plan or this ideal plan, but we still have this gift of freedom. And like you were saying, like, he's not the God that dangles a carrot in front of our faces to get us to go the way that he wants us to go. Like he, he entrusts us when he gives us this gift of free will, he entrusts us with that. And so I was like, well, then that's okay. Like God is going to bring glory through whatever, whatever decisions you make in your life. Like God will find a way to bring, to bring goodness out of that. And I think you're so right. Like people get so hyper obsessed about, about vocation. And of course it's something that's important, but at the end of the day, this is the prayer that God would make you worthy of your calling. If everyone prayed that every day, then amen, right? Then that would be that. Like we would, we, we would stop being so stressed out about this, 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 this idea of calling and vocation. And I think people can sometimes just get wrapped up in that and then discern like forever. At some point, but then there's, <laughs> but then there's a beauty, you know, you, you read, um, you know, recently they had it on like eat up um, ESPN where you had that sister, you know, who was like a professional basketball player Yes, and she had ignored that voice that was like, Absolutely. you know, that she was going to be a nun and she had ignored it and she had pursued what her other love was, which was mm-hmm. basketball. And like, she just was never happy enough. Yep. So I think like, that's also a place where we look at it and we say, it's not so much that she was running from a vocation. It was that she pursued another love, but it Absolutely. wasn't enough. Yep. And then she started to look and say, what is, if I'm really open to everything and the Lord showed her where that really was, where she was going to be the most herself, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel sometimes that we overcomplicate God yeah. And I think it's because we try to fit him into our human logic. Yep. And he's so vast. And then sometimes he just so simply says things and calls to our heart. And we can, we just kind of wish we could just slow our mind down and just rest in those one or two words that he speaks over us. Yep. You know, it's like, why does my mind keep racing? And that's the other thing I love about the second reading where it says, not to be shaken out of your mind suddenly yeah. or to be alarmed. How many times do we do that? We're on a really great path with God. You know, he's really working within us. And then we kind of have this, you know, freak out moment where we're like, what am I doing? What if this isn't of God? And we start to challenge everything that we're doing. We start to wonder, like, is he going to leave me? Is this valid? Is what am I doing valid? Maybe this isn't of God what I'm doing. Maybe I should step back. And we have these moments where, you know, it talks about um, being shaken out of our minds. Our minds start to overcompensate for where our souls are being led. Mm. And um, when I'm talking to teens, a lot of times I, you know, I remind them, you know, Satan's not standing over you in red with a pitchfork. Right. You know, he's that voice in your head that says, don't tell her that. She's never going to understand you know, 
continue to feel isolated, continue to feel alone. Don't reach out to people when you're struggling because they'll never understand you. They will think you're weird. Satan wants us on this island where we yes. we shove God out and we shove out God's representatives, the people who are God's hands and feet on earth, the people that are right in front of us. Or as women, we have whole conversations with somebody before we even say hello. Yep. We have figured out that you, you're, you're judging us on our outfit. We have figured out that you're judging us on our physical, like on the way we look. We have figured out that um, you might have decided you don't have time for us or what we're going to say, or you're going to ignore it. And we, we aren't able to come before each other with just open minds and say, what can you offer me in friendship? You know, we have, yep. we let our minds overtake what the Lord's doing in our hearts. And I think that's why, um, when I read this book um, by Cardinal, I never know if it's Sarah or Sarah. So let's just say Sarah. Okay. <laughs> um, Call to Silence. Okay. The Power of Silence. Power of Silence. That's his book. It just shook me to the core about how we need to find pockets in our day where we're just quiet because our mind can always shake us out of where we are. Yep. And that it's through the silence that the Lord will reaffirm the good that he's doing with us and in yep. us. Yep. God speaks through silence. Absolutely. It is in the silence. I so agree with you. Um, and even as a musician, and like you're a musician too, we, <laughs> I think we would both agree that it's important to take those moments of that's where he's going to reaffirm. Yeah, that. You know, but then, so if you think about if you think about some of your like your greatest friendships, it's when you can have silence yep. and not not need to fill it. Yep. You know, when you can just sit with a friend and you're over tea and you're kind of just it's just quiet for a little bit and it's before you've brought up your next concept. You know, silence can be so discomforting if you're in the presence of somebody that you're not comfortable with. Yep. And I think sometimes that's where some of us struggle with adoration because we're like, what do we do? Yep. You know, this in this silent space. And I think that's where the Lord, you know, teaches us that the world is so chaotic and we we put, you know, earphones in and we we always have, you know, we have things, music in the background and listening sounds. And even if you're on the phone, you know, when you're on hold, you have to have listening music. Right. And, it's, you know, everything is something else buzzing in your ear. And when you get to a point where you're completely quiet, it's like we don't know what to do with that. We're uncomfortable. And I think after it's the discipline of adoration, it's the discipline of, you know, a weekly or a monthly adoration where we can sit in silence that the Lord can begin to make that space a little less uncomfortable and a little more um, a, a space where he can speak to us because we're embracing what silence means and we can start to funnel out that noise that our brain wants to keep bringing in and the thoughts and the distractions. And we can keep, you know, willing those away. Like, Lord, I give you my to-do list right now that keeps popping up. You know, I give you like the brain dump that actually wants to happen right now <laughs> when I'm sitting in adoration, you know, all these thoughts that are good thoughts that I, I, I pray in your goodness, you will bring up later. Right. Cause I'm not going to allow them to be, you know, a distraction for me. I just want to hear you above everything. And I think he honors that space. I think, you know, I love that reading. And I don't think I've ever read that part 
of Thessalonians before. I think I've never thought about that part of like being shaken out of your mind. I think I like the way that that's worded. Yeah. You know? Yep. I love the uh, very vivid language. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's move into the gospel, which is Luke chapter 19 verses one to 10. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Oh, so good. This These readings this week are so great. I'm so <laughs> glad that you're on for this week, because this is just, I love the story of Zacchaeus. Um because honestly, because he's short as a short <laughs> woman, when I read this, I'm like, yes, yes. And like, I just love that he takes the physical step to, to get that relationship with Christ, to physically see him with his own eyes. And like he, I love that Zacchaeus pursues that relationship and does what he has to do to get sight just to get sight of of Christ not even to just not even to talk to him you know what I mean yeah I love that and I love that he knew that he wasn't a disciple like I love that he knows like I'm not really worthy of a front row seat yes you know but I'm just gonna run ahead and get my spot almost sort of like a you know I'm just gonna sneak and see if I can take the same area of his disciples without anybody speaking into me not being allowed here. You know, I'm just going to get myself comfortable so that, like you said, if he comes by, I can just get a peek of who he is. You know, something of him can, um, can change me. Um, and, and I love the way that, you know, Jesus just doesn't come and doesn't just look at him and acknowledge like, Hey buddy, I see you up in that tree. You know, like he's not, he just goes so much farther and he says, you know, come down because I'm going to stay at your house. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make you show me hospitality. I am going to, I am going to honor your home because you honored the desire to be in relationship with me. That's so, to me, it's so beautiful. It's like you had said, it's, he sought a relationship and Jesus showed him where he would give him so much more in relationship than he wanted. Mm-hmm. So it comes back from this notion. I've been um, talking about this a lot lately with people, this notion of, you know, um, we want, we want like a cherry, 
but God wants like the tree for us. Yes. Yes. You know, so Zacchaeus just, he just wanted a peek and he's just like, you know, I'm happy with just looking at you. And Jesus is like, no, I'm coming into your house. You know, I'm, I want a deeper relationship with you. I want to bless the people of your house. I want to, I want to, I want to take you to a place that will be life changing. And I think about like, in terms of my own prayers where I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you for this. Like, why aren't you doing this for me? And being able to kind of step back and say, but I trust that you're always working. You are always working for my good. And that's where I need to stay because I don't know what you have in store for me, but I know it's bountiful. And I know that I'm highly favored. And I know that maybe my prayer is too little for a great God who has more in store. And it's like that same thing for Zacchaeus. Like maybe your prayer to just get up a tree is too little for a big God who says, let's go back to your house. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and that changes everything. Like just the, just the fact that, you know, right. Like you said, he asks, Zacchaeus is asking for, you know, a foot and Jesus is ready to give him the yard. And just the fact that Christ reaches out to him and says, let's go to your house. It says Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, behold, half of my possessions I'm going to give to the poor. Just the fact that Christ turns to him and, 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 and extends this relationship to him changes him in an instant. It's, he stood there and, and is changed in that moment. And like, that's what that's. And I like going back to this idea of, of not the idea of adoration, but you know, that's what adoration does to us. We take us, all we have to do is just take a step into that church and sit down and say, okay, Christ, like, I came here because I decide I desire to see you. I just want a glimpse of you. And Christ is is able to like pour so much into us in in adoration when we just take that step forward. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. And I and I love how Jesus ignored um the truth that they were trying to put over Zacchaeus, which is the line, he has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. Right. You know, like they really want Jesus. Like, do you know who he is? They really want to just label him, you know, and Jesus just doesn't just doesn't allow that. Like he sees so much more than just what others see. And it's that beautiful part at the end where he says, today salvation has come to this house. You know, he kind of declares that over Zacchaeus, you know, and it's kind of a reminder. He, he speaks a different truth over him. You know, I'm not, I'm not holding you to the label of sinner. I'm declaring victory over your home. Now you have to live in this, you know? And I think part of the living in it is comes right before it. When he says, behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I give to the poor. It shows us the change that he starts to make. It shows us that as a tax collector where who money was so important to him, he's already shedding that. He's already saying, okay, I'm going to shed what I was beholding to before. And on top of that, if I have extorted anything from anyone, so if I have in any way, you know, begrudged somebody else, done something that took from somebody else, I will repay it four times over. So not only will I be just to that person, but I will be merciful and I will give an abundance. And I think that's sort of like, the beauty of today salvation has come to this house. We've learned a huge lesson that 
for every sinner, we have the opportunity to not just live in justice, but to live a bountiful life where we look at our sin and say, I'm not going to be held by this title anymore. You know, I don't desire, you know what? I, I don't desire selfishness. I desire to be a selfless person. And what does that look like in my life? You know, with the, with the people that I'm ministering to the people that in my family, in my extended family, in my work, in my work environment, you know, how, and then, you know, how has salvation come to my house? You know, that's kind of like a, a life, you know, lesson for all of that. Like if I, if I put that truth over myself and say, you know, God is saying to me today, Tammy, salvation has come to this house, to your house, to the McCarthy's. What does that look like? And how do I live that? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty profound. Yes, it is. And it's, I mean, that's truth because if everyone in your house has been baptized, then salvation has come to your house. You know what I mean? So like, what does that statement make sense in my family? Like, does it make sense for Christ to come into my house and say, today salvation has come to this household? Like, am I living out that truth? Exactly. Like you said, I love that. Yes. Um, and do I, and do I need him to declare that over my house or do I already know that? Do I already know it? Exactly. You know, like, do I, I do I know that I was the chaos years ago? Yeah. You know, do I know, or do I know that I'm him today? Or do I need to be reminded that salvation has already come to my house and I live like it hasn't? Yeah. Exactly. You know, like I live in this hopeless, how am I going to you know, pay my bills? How am I going to, you know, get a job? How am I going to, am I, am I distracted? Am I worried by the things that are so temporal and not trust that my God is bigger than all of that? Yeah. You know, that my God has already brought salvation to my house and he wants me to live in the fruits of that and to trust that he is going to provide a bountiful harvest. And it's just my ability to say, you know, like you were talking about before, like kind of giving your fiat, like when you were talking about adoration and just kind of showing up and saying, you know, here, Lord, here I am with open hands. What do you have for me? Yep. And I think the same thing, like with Zacchaeus, you know, he was like, I'm here. I'm here to see what you have to offer. And, you know, the Lord said, well, I'm going to come back to your space. I'm going to come back to where, where you live and I'm going to change that. You know, it's the beauty of recognizing as like, you know, mother Teresa says, if you want to, um, you know, like go home and love your families. If you want to like help the poor start with the people who you're in direct relationship with, you know, it's, it makes you feel good to fly out to Haiti and help a lot of the people there. But like, what about how hard is it? Maybe sometimes even harder to help that sister who's a little rough on you, you know, or your parents who need so much physically from you, you know, or um, the people in your parish that you just can't seem to do enough for, you know, like that is our, that's really our fertile ground where the Lord kind of says to us, you know, that's, that's an easy fix. The harder fix is, coming into this environment that is your home environment and and seeking to change that. Right. And recognizing that it's not perfect. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this has been so wonderful. You're so great. Um, so looking back on all these readings, do you have a challenge for us for the week? Oh man. It's so hard to, I think, I feel like to narrow it down to one. Well, you can pick more than one if you, um, let's see. 
Um, I think there's an overall theme I think I would probably go with. And I think my, my challenge and my overall theme would just be for us to um, live in the love that's been granted us. Yep. I think that's probably the hardest thing for us to acknowledge is, you know, it goes back to reading one, this notion that like, you know, it talks about God calling us forth, you know, that, that he loves us, that he wants to be in relationship with us, that he wants us to kind of, you know, shake out of our minds, anything that prevents us from holding his hand and walking in relationship with him. And then in Zacchaeus, I guess that notion that, um, and this is something that I find I dispel a lot. I have people that contact me over text message and Facebook messenger. And it's, I always have to speak this truth to them that our God is personal. He personally desires to fill your needs. It's not that, you know, he's up high and he's kind of watching over you and, um, you know, you're this little chess pawn that he moves back and forth. You know, our God desires for us to want to walk with him. He does care. He does care about the little things that we say, oh, God, this is so petty, but he cares. He cares about that, which produces anxiety for us. He cares about rejoicing with us when we feel so overwhelmed by his goodness, you know? And I think that my challenge for this week in a very practical way, because I'm a very practical person. That's, yes. I'm like one of those people that's like a logical gift giver, you know, I'm like very practical in the way that I, that I dumb things down. And I think on a practical basis, I would say, ask God to show him how he is in relationship with you. Like, God, what do you have for me this week? Just for me, not for the church, you know, not for my family, just for me, you know, speak, speak over me, Lord. I'm going to give myself some time this week, whether it be 10 minutes sitting on the couch with my eyes closed, just calling to mind how much you love me. What do you want to speak over me? You know, how do I, how am I supposed to remember that salvation has come to this house? that you have come into my heart and you want to expand the space that I'm giving you. You know, you don't want like a little tabernacle. You just want rooms and rooms. And I think about St. Teresa of Avila and her interior castle. Like yeah. You just want rooms for you and I to run through and play through. And these rooms represent so many different memories and places that you and I are gonna go together that I can, you know, run through and, and go back through. So I think this, you know, this week it's, it's about you and the Lord, oh, you know, make these, make these readings come alive to you and ask the Lord, you know, how he can speak each one of these things over you and to you. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tammy, for all this. Um, where can people follow you and find your, your stuff? Okay, well, so I am at um, Instagram and Facebook. I am at Chasing Time, two separate words, Chasing Time and Drinking Wine. I'm a wine lover. Oh, yeah. Amen. I'm a wine lover. And I, I kind of, um, my little tagline is, you know, sipping up faith and family. Just, you know, it's a place where people can kind of, um, I like to just inspire a lot of different quotes, a lot of um, my thoughts on the readings of the day, readings that I'm doing. 
um, just times that God has kind of spoken into my life in a way that he sometimes takes the simple things from life and kind of shows me in a profound way what what he wants to speak into. Um, I blog at chasingtimeanddrinkingwine.com as well. I don't blog as frequently as I used to, um, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook every day. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. I mean, it's such a joy to be thank able you. to, you know, fellowship and just share the word and how, um, you know, it's beautiful how we can all pull apart scripture differently. Yep. And when we can do that with somebody else, we learn so much more. Amen. Yep. You know? Amen. Well, thanks so much, girl. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.